I actually have a pretty sad story about why I became a lawyer. So, because uh, as a lawyer, the last thing you think of is creating content. I do try to be very authentic and credible when I'm doing research and giving out information. Of course, I'm human. I do make mistakes, but I feel if I have made a mistake, the best thing to do is to accept it. I simply move on. I get my best ideas at night, like when I'm completely alone and with my thoughts. I get the best ideas. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjappa, entrepreneur, high achieving 9 to 5er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to introduce my guest on today's show, Tanya Appachu. She's one of my favorite Instagram content creators. I always learn something when I watch her videos. I always understand something at a deeper level, at a better level. She's everybody's favorite go to Insta lawyer. Tanya has joined me on the show to talk about not just giving advice around building a business, but her journey as a content creator. Before we dive into the interview, I want to introduce a little bit about her and her work so far. Tanya Apachu is a lawyer and a digital content creator, and she's working towards educating women of India on their rights and informing her audience about the laws related to various social issues. Tanya is a lawyer from NLU who started her content creation journey after realizing that Indian women, despite being highly educated and independent, aren't much aware of the country's constitutional laws. In order to help women understand their rights and the constitutional laws better, Tanya has been working towards making easy-to-understand content and brings awareness. She was among the first content creators to talk explicitly about government laws and women's rights on Instagram via the Reels feature, something that I watch a lot of. And join me as we talk to her about her journey as a content creator. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. And I'm very excited to have you here because we've never had someone from legal talking to us. And uh, I love the content that you're creating. Like I shared before we started, I have a good laugh at some of the posts that you put out. Thinking, you know, what people are probably asking you. Welcome. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Samita. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, and with that, like I was saying before, I made you answer everything as I'm so excited getting to know you. Share with us about your journey, you becoming a lawyer, and what then, how did you transition also to start creating this content, which is so valuable on Instagram? I actually have a pretty sad story about why I became a lawyer, so... My parents were uh, actually divorced, so uh, my mother had a very difficult divorce. I've heard about it, I've seen a bit, because my father also was an advocate. So I think growing up, for me, being a lawyer was, you know, it was all about like, yes, I'm going to become a lawyer, I'm going to get back at my father. You know, the the very, uh, the kind of silly imagination a kid has. 
but yes growing up i think grew up i did my law and then i realized as i was looking at things differently i mean it wasn't all about revenge and ego and making money and you know after point in time i've done a bit of corporate i've done a bit of litigation so i i think after a point of time i realized that when people look at lawyers as you know making a lot of money and you know a uh, very uh, strong and manipulative people or but i think law is also a profession about a sort of selflessness and helping out and a lot of people don't see that unfortunately about lawyers so i think that is very important to me and uh, i found content creation to be a way of uh, uh, you know being able to help out people and i also feel that uh, you know, one can be strong or powerful even by simply empowering others and i think uh, that's why i got into content creation also it kind of um fit into you know my lifestyle as a mother you know during my maternity i was pretty much doing nothing and going crazy uh, so that was during the covid time and you know that's when staying at home doing things being innovative about what you can do with your career with your profession was very prime at that time so that's when i thought because at that time we didn't have any anybody doing legal content like on instagram like they were on youtube they were on you know maybe linkedin but you know doing on instagram was uh, something that i hadn't seen so i was like you know why not let let me try this uh, i'm sure it will be helpful to people because people don't i mean just you and me if i'm a non lawyer i mean how many of us really go out there read things try to understand our rights nobody does that only when people started watching my very very basic simple reels they were like oh you know we needed to know this but we didn't know this so yeah so that's how it came into being uh, some of it was uh, because of my needs and some of it was because of the needs of you know the citizens of the country so uh, that's how it came into being yeah I love that why you shared uh, so much coming up, right? That you became a lawyer because of the certain reason, and now look at how you're serving the audience. And I, I so agree because until something happens to you, you don't really think about your rights or can this happen? Can that happen? Yeah, exactly. And then you know when something goes wrong is unfortunately the time you would reach out to a lawyer. but then that process especially i feel for indian women here uh, they find it very difficult to maneuver the system because most of the information is coming from a father or a brother or a male in your like when you think of a lawyer you would probably go to your father and ask do you know a lawyer right i mean that's just a general behavioral tendency in any indian woman so he would refer you to someone say his age someone that old who is not fulfilling your needs they are not going to understand your situation they are not going to understand what you're going through because they do i mean think of it any profession for that matter if you're a doctor if you're a lawyer your age your gender you have those slight biases how much ever you try not to have it so i think that is something that i wanted to bridge the gap you know i felt there was a lot of women who really can't approach a lawyer because they feel that they can't share like i'm i'm saying simple matters like you know You want to talk about a sex life? You can't. You can't talk about it with you know the lawyer you go to that your father referred you to. So these are very simple things, and I felt that you know I definitely wanted to be that 
you know, friendly neighborhood lawyer that you can get some guidance from. So I think in your profession, you also end up doing a lot of counseling as well, right? So that's another thing. And I wanted to ask you, so you always knew you're going to do family law? I actually, uh, I mean, if you read my CV, you'd be really surprised. I started writing, <laughs> started my career with tax consulting with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And I did civil law, property, family litigation in Jodhpur. So I've done a bit of everything. And uh, I chose family law in the current scenario because I think that is more uh, applicable to a, a larger number of people. And I feel that's something that affects you personally on an everyday, day-to-day life. So, you know, and I also saw, I think I've seen how my mother never had any guidance when she needed, right? And then there's so many people like that. There's so many men and women like that, who, especially when it comes to family matters, marriage matters, they don't have much guidance. So that's why I chose, I specifically chose the field uh, to get into uh, when I was making content online because Trust me, nobody wants to watch reels on tax. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's very you're like really good at what you do, and I think when you like you're saying this is the need of the eye, and you're very authentic on that. I want to ask you my next question for you is you know for home based, and I know it's a little bit around business that we're going to talk, and so much of our audience are women, and they are also either entrepreneurs or career women as well. So one thing that I get in my own, you know, work, line of work is, and I think you see this in the family law side, right? Uh, Women are not, like you said, aware of their rights. They're not keeping up to date on what's happening. So even with business, people think, I don't need to be registered. I can just start anything. I'm just a smaller business owner. Why do I need to register my business? My question for you is, is it necessary to do so? Uh, or do you feel they are being not safeguarding their business by not doing it? When it entirely depends on uh, how you're starting your business, where you are at your business. I think if you're a small business owner, you're starting something at home, you're starting something online, you don't need to right away register. You can wait a bit. And also there are definitely benefits of registering and there are definitely some statutory uh, registrations, like you have to do it. You don't have a choice. So for example, if you're establishing a shop, you need to have, uh, you know, a shop and establishment registration. And if you're, if you're having more than 10 employees, you definitely need to register under that section. But if you haven't hit 10 employees as yet, you can do away with it. You know, similarly for GST, if you're a service provider, if you're providing a service, if you're a professional who's working on your own, then you need a GST registration, which is again, uh, if you haven't hit 20 uh, lakhs of turnover, you don't need to get. So, you know, there are ways in which you can still survive if you don't get registration as long as you don't get but much bigger. So, you know, with growth, you have to register. And of course, there are definitely benefits of registration. Even if you're a sole, if you're a, uh, you know, homeowner, a sole homeowner, a sole proprietor, Say, for example, you know, registering as a small industry under the MCMA, MCME, uh, as a micro industry or a small industry, you get a lot of government benefits, especially if you're a woman. You have so many benefits from the government, say, like uh, low interest rates on loans, uh, in case you want to get uh, funding for your, in, for your technology. So there are a lot of 
different schemes that the government gives you and you can only access it if you are registered. So, you know, that way definitely registration is helpful. And if they're statutory in nature, like you have to get it, then you don't have a choice. You will get fined by the government if you don't. Yeah. I think what you rightly say is wait. If you're like a small home-based owner, solopreneur, wait till you reach that ceiling of income. And especially if you don't have 10 people in your business, then... When you're starting the business, uh, Savita, your focus should be on your business. Like, let's face it, like you have to invest that time and energy in your business because once you register, you will have some compliances to take care of. If you have so many employees, you have to take care of them. So, you know, starting me, you don't really need to focus on registration. And as and when you grow, you can think of looking. Yeah. And I know that I know that you focus on family, but you've done so much of taxation. Yes, yes, I can definitely. <laughs> you've done so much of all of this, right? So, you know, one thing uh, that we get a lot of is, okay, you started your business. Now you have some clients. Now you have to get some payments and people don't pay you. Isn't there uh, a legal way? I, I think under MSME, there is a way that you can get your payments if you're registered. But, you know, is there a legal way that people can pursue? If yes, when should they do it? How should they do it? They should have their own payment collection process. What's your address? So very, very important for any business, however big or small, or even if you're a solopreneur, is to have an agreement in place. If you're having, if you're a uh, service provider, you are, uh, you know, you have certain clients or customers, you have to have an agreement in place because that agreement really protects you. Okay, so there are a couple of ways to go about it. So one is, uh, say, for example, you know, you are just, you're, I'm giving you an example, you're a homeowner, you're a home small business owner, you're just selling, say, you know, airbands or something small to a customer and that person is not giving you any payment. So um, that way you don't really have a contract in place because you possibly can't sign a contract with every customer. But uh, there is something called a summary suit or a money suit, which is uh, which is a small money suit. So for example, if somebody owes you certain money, you can go file a summary suit in the civil court. And for that, all you need is any kind of any kind of document which says that person owes you money. It can be a contract, it could be a promissory note, it could be a check, not a check, sorry. It could be even like a message which says, yes, I owe you this amount of money. So that a summary suit is like, you know, in 10 days, there's disposal of uh, the summary suit and it hardly takes any time. It's, it's a speedy code. So that is one thing. Now let's move on to businesses which actually have, you know, a contract in place and, you know, the bulk payments are something in bulk. So then you can file a suit for breach of contract saying that the terms of the contract has not been uh, adhered to in the civil court. And you can also ask your uh, client or your customer for damages or any compensation for not paying. So it's important to put in terms like, you know, how much interest is payable. Because, you know, for a client, if he, he owes you, say, you know, 50K and uh, your interest rate is quite high, he, he might have to pay way more than how much he owes you. So he will possibly give you the money faster than later because your interest rate is quite high. So, you know, putting in terms like this in your contract really helps uh, save on yourself. And third, a third, if there's a check or a promissory note of a, on which you have given a product yeah. or a service uh, and the check bounces, then you can file a check bounce case under the Negotiable Instruments Act uh, in the 
in the district court and uh, try and get back your money. But of course, legal way uh, going to court it should be a last resort. Try and sort it out by you know asking for the money, uh, sending a legal notice. Sometimes legal notices work miracles. Yeah. So the first step should always be to send a legal notice saying you owe me this money. Otherwise, I will have to take legal action against you. Sometimes that works itself. So you know you'll save a lot of time and energy going to court. So if I had to ask you uh, my last question around the business thing before we come back to you is uh, if I'm starting a business today, what's your advice from a legal standpoint for me as a business owner? What to keep in mind, like any guidelines or suggestions or advice that you have? Yeah, so uh, like we started, right? I mean, I think we have spoken a bit about, you know, if you're starting right away, it is important for you to understand what kind of business you're getting into. So if it is something very small, then you can do it solo. If it is something that, you know, you're a group of people that, you know, you want to get into, you want to do something together, then you have to think of registering as a LLP. That's a limited liability partnership. However, if you're a startup which is thinking of getting funds externally, you know, which wants to get in investments, uh, usually all these angel investors and, uh, you know, they want, they prefer to invest in private companies. So it's important that you're registered as a private company. So the first step would be to first see what your goals are. I mean, you know, somebody could be starting off with a lot of money. Somebody could be starting off with a little amount of money. So what is the goal? What kind of business are you looking at? And I think my advice to uh, that person would be different depending on what, what they want, what their business is or what their startup is all about. But if you are a if you're a small business owner, I would say that focus on giving quality products at first, giving a giving quality services out at first, building a name, building a brand, uh, and then uh, you know working on the rest. And legally, like we said, you know there are certain statutory compliances that you have to do. You have to have a PAN card. You have to have a GST registration if you're a service provider. You have to get you know certain compliances are. You have to pay your taxes. You know, these are the basic requirements of any company. And com anybody who doesn't want to, you know, you can't say, I don't have time to organize my books of account. You need to keep a books, a basic books of accounts. Uh, you need to keep a basic profit and loss statement. Even at your level. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're just starting out. Because there are two schools of thought. One is get everything done at the beginning so you don't have to think about it later. And the other is wait, start, and then, you know, decide how you want to navigate. I think both are right in their own ways. Both are right in their own ways, but, you know, everything you can't do in the beginning. It's not, it's, it's going to cause you more hassle to do everything in the beginning. So I'm saying 